Today we're going to address a topic in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, and then chapter 11, 1 through 19. I will be reading all of the passages there as we deal with the, the Passion Week as Jesus prepares to go to the cross. Mark, chapter 10. Verses 46 through 52 and 11, 1 through 19. It's good seeing Kathy in here today and so many here in the house. We had a good time last week with many of the saints that we hadn't seen in a number of years. Some could not get here, but it was an awesome time. Mark chapter 10 beginning at verse 46. Would you stand with me, please, as we pray? Lord, we enter this Passion Week. We recognize that there was a purpose for your coming, a reason that you came to this world. It wasn't because of our righteousness, our own goodness, but it was because of our depravity that we needed a Savior. And you chose to be the sacrificial lamb. We love you for what you've done, what you are doing. And I believe that we often don't understand how precious and great it is and was what you've done for us. We pray that we will gain new insight and understanding into the love that you showed. The fact that you stayed on that cross. You were being ridiculed, made fun of. Come down if you are the Son of God. But thank you for staying there. Thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for being the substitute on our behalf, a price that we could never pay. And you paid it. We thank you today. Now open the word to us. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 46. I'm sorry. You know what? I will be saying something about that, but not in John 10 <laughs> of the gospel. Thank you, Mark. All of the gospels carry this particular passage that we will be reading of Jesus going into Jerusalem on a donkey. The synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, carry this, and yet they have a slight, a slight difference in regards to the story that precedes them, except for Matthew and their purpose and their point. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. 
But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there, which no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell him, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a coat outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that coat? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went to Bethany with the twelve. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any figs. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. When he said to the, then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. Turn your Bibles to the book of Zechari- Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9. Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9. Near the, near the end of the Old Testament, right before Malachi, the last book of the Bible, of the old, last book of the Old Testament. It's Malachi, and right before there, you, there you will find Zechariah. And this is what it says. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. 
Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Chapter 10 of Mark, verse 46. The title that I've given this message is Don't Quit Until You Reach the Goal. Don't quit until you reach the goal. Point number one, don't try to stop my blessing. It is at the point that Jesus is leaving the town of Jericho that we find Bartimaeus, and in Matthew we see that there are two blind men that are by the road as Jesus is walking and leaving out of the city. But in the Gospel of Mark, we, we see that he identifies one of the blind men and says that it was Bartimaeus. Jesus has an appointment to keep in Jerusalem. But blind Bartimaeus only knows that there is a lot of commotion And he wants to know what in the world is taking place. What this blind man did not know is that if he did not call out, he more than likely would not have been healed by Jesus. You see, this is the last time that Jesus is going through Jericho. Before going on to complete the goal of why he came. Note carefully that as Jesus is going by Bartimaeus, that he begins to shout once he finds out who is in the procession. If he is talking in his regular voice, Jesus is not going to hear him. There's too many people around. Too much noise. Too much going on around him. But Bartimaeus wants to know what's happening. I can hear, but I cannot see. And so Jesus, even though he has an appointment with death, he he calls to Bartimaeus and says, well, let me back up, that even though he has an appointment with death, he is still willing to take out time to meet the needs of people that are in need of help. You see, there are other people around him that needed help too, but they just didn't know it. You can't tell me all the people that were around Jesus were saved. You can't tell me all the people that were in the crowd were were all okay with the Lord. You can't tell me that everybody that goes to church is saved. You can't tell me everybody that's in church is going in the same direction. You can't tell me that some people in the church have not already quit and left the path. You see, when you want somebody's attention, you've got to have to, you're going to have to do something, possibly, in order to get it. A little bit different than maybe what you're even accustomed to. Now we see that when this, this man is sitting there and Jesus is walking by, he says, what's, what's happening? What's going on? They said, oh, it's Jesus walking by. 
And what Bartimaeus does is something quite interesting. He just doesn't say, Jesus says, son of David. How did blind Bartimaeus come to know that Jesus is the son of David? You see, there's things that he must have heard. You see, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. You see, people are hearing a lot of things, but they're not hearing the word of God. They're hearing a lot of stuff that's going on. But the Bible, for whatever, for whatever reason, for many people, has remained silent because it remains, it remains closed. But blind Bartimaeus says, son of David, that is Jesus' name, the Messiah. He was saying, Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior. How in the world did Bartimaeus come to know who's passing by. And so when they say it's Jesus, he says, Son of David, have mercy. You see, when you come to Jesus, you got to know who he is. There are a lot of people that's wanting to throng around him, but they really don't want to know who he is. There are people that want to be on the in crowd and want to be a part of the crowd, but they really don't want to be with Jesus. You, you see, there are many people that's, that's thronging and trying to get a glimpse. But they really don't want to be with Jesus. He shouts, Jesse, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But his first call receives some rebukes by the people. Shh, don't you know that's Jesus? Be quiet. Don't you know that, that you have a deformity, you have a problem? Don't you know you've got a disability? Be quiet. He doesn't want to be bothered with you. And as some people would have done, oh, excuse me. Let me become real quiet. No, what it called Bartimaeus to do was to yell louder, Jesus, son of David. There are people today that want you to shush and shh and be quiet. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They tell you when you're out in the marketplace, keep quiet. You don't want no Ten Commandments in the school. We want to promote shootings. We want to promote condoms. We want to promote all these other things. But don't say Jesus because you may treat your neighbor right. We want to promote fighting. We want to promote all kind of chaos. Then we want to throw money at it. And say, how can we solve the problem? But don't say Jesus. Don't look for a remedy that contains or has the name of Jesus that has anything to do with the Almighty God. Give us band-aids to make people feel better. But that does not address the problem. I don't care how many people are around you. When, G when you want to see Jesus, you've got to call him. He is able to hear you no matter how loud the crowd may be. You want to hear Jesus? You want his attention? Call him. And when he called out louder, I, 
I can imagine that when he had, when, when Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, that's something that must have caught his attention. Because there are many people saying, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. But I imagine when he said, son of David, man, he stopped. First thing that you need to recognize is that you need to get Jesus to stop to pay attention to your call. There's some people who say, why call? He's not going to listen to me anyway. Not when you harbor and sin, he's not. Some people go in doubting. I don't know, I'm going to go into my prayer cloud and go pray, but I ain't going to be hurt. I'm just going to throw these words up and see where they land. Maybe Jesus might decide to hear me. Well, some of y'all need to read the book of James. And I'm going to leave it there. Have you go find, what is he talking about? Check out chapter 1. I'll give you a hint. You know, go look for yourself, though. <laughs> Just like the woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years. Was an outcast and, 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 and was not supposed to be out in public. Definitely not touching people because you know if you touch people when you're unclean, it made them unclean. But she had a need. And when she reached, reached Jesus, he heard her too. As he stopped and said, who touched me? Oh yes, he heard her. He heard her. With all the crowd that was around, Jesus heard the woman. Jesus' ears are attentive to the prayers of his people, to the call of those who really want to touch him. This stopping is interesting as it appears to be a pause as he is entering Passion Week, as he is on his way to the cross, he pauses to deal with the need. Some of us would have been so self-absorbed, I'm about to die, I don't know what I'm about to do. Don't touch me, don't bother me, don't call me. Leave me alone, let me die in peace. Let me die in agony. Don't call me, don't call me, I'm about to go, about to go, what I'm about to do. Jesus stops, even though he knows he's going to the cross, there's a call. That reaches him. Says, tell him to come to me. Tell both of them. You look in Matthew. You see, I said there's two. And the and the the audience, the crowd changed. Cheer up. Get on up. He's calling you. There's a song that said, get on up. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And he got up and threw his cloak from him. I want you to note something. Jesus said, tell him to come here. Bring, come to me. Jesus could have walked on over to him. But he jumped up and started making his way. There wasn't probably Pearson taking about it. He got up. Why, where's that voice? I hear, I'm on my way. You, you see, there are things that you've got to do. You've got to reach your you gotta reach out. Lord if God is extending the invitation, you've got to come and accept the invitation. You know, what is it about us as people that will see the blessings of God 
and enjoy them for a short time and then turn back and say, we want to go back to Egypt. Bartimaeus comes to Jesus because he has a need and the Lord says, tell him to come here. And the Lord asks him a question. What do you want? He says, I want to see. Some of us, um, let's see, Lord, I've been hmm, scared to say what we want. Hmm, kind of, I've been looking to have, just say what you want. Lord, I want to see. Lord, I need some wisdom. God, I need some understanding. I need some knowledge. Lord, I just need some help. Tell God what you want. He knows what you want. He knows what you need. And so Bartimaeus tells him. And the Lord, here you don't see that it says. It says, and he said his faith, I believe it said, healed him. But when you look at Matthew, it says he touched their eyes. He touched their eyes. When people are saying, shh. Move away. Leave them alone. Jesus touches them. And he heals them. And the Bible says that the crowd that was there, they joined the crowd. And you can imagine how they must have been worshiping. If they were already crying out when the crowd said, be quiet. And now they're healed. Man, Bartimaeus must have been jumping up and down. Oh, he must have been worshiping the Lord. And then Jesus continued on his journey. You see, Jesus didn't get sidetracked. Some of us, we take every kind of detour there is. Person said, where you been? Well, I had to go here, then I had to go over there, then I had to go here. You supposed to have been here two hours ago. I know, but four hours better than nothing, you know. <laughs> Jesus was not deterred from where he was going. He's going to Jerusalem. And even though he heals this man, he has an appointment that he needs to keep. Point number two, the last stop. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. Jesus coming to Jerusalem during this final week is for the purpose of completing what he started 33 years ago. His birth finds its culmination... And what he came to do, and that was to die. The Bible does not say which two disciples he sent to the town to get a donkey. Now, Bethany is a couple of miles from Jerusalem. And we don't know which towns the donkeys were in. It may have been Bethphage. It may have been one of the other ones. But he sends two disciples. You know, the Bible doesn't say, but I've been thinking, which two disciples did Jesus send? Could it have been Judas? Could it have been, been uh, um, James and John? Could it, have, could it have been who? Who were they? Well, the Bible doesn't say in any other gospel who they were. Didn't even give the place. Just go to the town over there, and he tells them. Somehow, in Jesus' prophetic ministry here, he knows what's taking place, and he tells them, this is what you need to do. If anybody asks you, this is what you are to tell them. So he sends them on. This is part of what needs to happen. Each of the Gospels record the event of Jesus riding into town on a donkey. 
the detailed instructions given by Jesus to his disciples of where to go, what to look for, and what to say. It's all a part of what must be carried out as Jesus makes his entry into Jerusalem. It is quite possible that as the crowds are here, those that are accompanying him are more than likely Bartimaeus in that crowd. You see, it's Passover week, and the town is full. It is estimated that more than 2,700,000 people were possibly in the city are doing this week. I'm I'm thinking, man, that number is just astronomical. But that's one of the estimates possibly that it was reported it was Whatever the number, it was a lot of people that's there at this time. Now, as the coat that Jesus tells them to go get is brought to Jesus, people began to put their cloaks upon the animal, and they began to lay their cloaks along the street. Now, it was prophesied back in the Old Testament, in Zechariah, as we read, but evidently Mark did not necessarily use this exact uh, um, scripture. But it was already prophesied that Jesus would become would come to Jerusalem riding on the foal of a donkey on the colt. One wonders if part of the rejoicing that is going on at this time by the people as they sing hallelujah or hosanna, if part of their rejoicing is that they are thinking that their long awaited deliverer, political deliverer from Roman rule, is coming on the scene. And I, and I, and I can't help but the emphasis, the emphasis in all four gospels that Jesus says, go get the donkey. Why not the horse? Why not the stallion? Because the horse is an animal of war. Donkey is an animal of peace. Possible that that Jesus is not coming on a horse so that they understand that's not his mission to come and deliver them politically from the Romans. And they sing this chorus or say and shout this chorus. Hosanna, which literally means save us, we pray. Hosanna means save us. And I began to think about this and thought, they're looking to be saved, but they're not wanting to be saved spiritually. In the history of the Israelites, the Lord said way back in the beginning when they were coming out of the land of Egypt, and even in Genesis, if you follow me, I'll bless you. In fact, we read just on Tuesday, I think it was Genesis 12:3. Those that bless you, uh, I, if those that bless you will be blessed, those who curse you, I'll curse. But the Lord says something also very interesting in the book of Deuteronomy. He says that if you fail to follow and obey me, all the curses that are in this book, I'll cause to come upon you. Right? When we look at from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the way the Lord would chastise his people as when they sinned, he would use other nations and bring them and take them into captivity. He would use them to, we would say, whip them. He would use other nations to chastise them. And when the time of the chastisement was completed, 
he then would deliver his people and then deal with the people who dealt with his people mistreated. And so you have the Assyrians, you have the Babylonians, you have the Medo-Persians, you have, you have Greece, you have Rome, now in control, ruling the people because of sin. Sin is an enslaver. Now they think that God, just as you have delivered us from the past, here's our deliverer that's going to deliver us from Rome. But Jesus comes on a donkey. And they're saying, Hosanna, save us, we pray. But the saving is not as as they think it's going to be. It's much better. You see, the Lord never does anything haphazardly, nor does he do anything halfway. You see, there are a lot of people that would have said, Jesus, deliver us, and we all would have been lost. If it's okay, and began to follow this line of reasoning. No, no. He knew his course, and he was unwilling to quit before he reached his goal. His goal was Jerusalem. And now he's riding on a donkey, and they're saying, Hosanna, save us. Which he is going to do spiritually. You see, there are a lot of people who want to be delivered from their finances, financial problems. Save me from my enemies. Save me from my troubles. Save me from people talking about me. Save me from my children. Save me from my job. Save me, save me, save me. But when it comes to, Lord, save me from all of my sins, that's not what people want to say. That's not the salvation they want. But that's the salvation that Jesus brings. Save me from the problems of this world. No. He's going to save you in the problems of this world. He's going to save you unto himself. Our prayers are wrong, oftentimes. The world's problems, their, their, their prayers are wrong. When I say wrong, it's not wrong to pray for deliverance. But see, their praying for deliverance is not so that they can change. It's so that they can continue their devilment. Prayers that are offered so that you can continue doing wrong hmm, are not prayers that God honors. God honors prayers of repentance and change. Prayers that will say, God, help me to be more like you. Help me to do the very thing that you've called me to do. Help me to complete the goal that you called me to do, no matter what I've got to go through. So they're saying, Hosanna, Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem. I've got to move on. So Jesus goes on a donkey, one that had never been ridden before. Now, the Bible says in another passage that when some came out, they said people that were standing there. But in another passage, it says, the owner said, where you going with my donkey? What you doing untying it? The, the master, Jesus, needs it. Oh, cool. Yeah, go ahead. You got it. And the Lord says, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to return it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it back. I'm going to send it. Some people get stuff and they get amnesia. 
bar what? <laughs> some of y'all right now got somebody's pot and still ain't returned it. They got their spoon still there. Give them their spoon back and their pot. <laughs> as he approached, as he approached, he gets to now to Jerusalem. The crowd that is in front and behind saying Hosanna. People are ready in the city, and he goes to the temple. Now, it's interesting that the Bible says that when he gets to the temple, that he looks at everything. He takes note. But the Bible says since it was already late, he left. And he left with the twelve. I can't deal with the fig tree right now, but I'm going, I've got to bypass that. We'll deal with that, the Lord willing, at a different time. He comes back, he comes back again the next day. And he comes to the temple. And this time when he comes to the temple, he comes over turning over tables. Turning over benches. Telling people, get these doves out of here. These cattle. And he's tearing up the house. Now, I know you guys, I told y'all, y'all see him. These nice, wonderful pictures of Jesus' flowing hair in the wind. <laughs> Jesus, how nice. That's the Jesus that we... <sighs> Jesus was a carpenter, people. They didn't have electric saws. When they needed something to be built, they cut their own trees down. Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus was tough. And he kicked them out and says, my house will be a house of prayer. <laughs> and here's something that was interesting that I saw. Those that didn't get the memo and came later that day bringing their stuff, the Bible says he would not let them go through the temple. That would be the temple course. He wouldn't let them go through. Hey, no, 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 you can't bring that through here. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. Ain't bringing that through here. The Bible says he wouldn't let them. Jesus has a zeal. Then I began to look at the construction of the temple in the Old Testament. Even the temporary temple. I tell you, the people couldn't even approach the, the they, they couldn't even approach the tabernacle. Tell them to stay away. They came out to their tents and they stood there. It was Moses and, the, and, and, and his brother Aaron the, that would stand before the Lord. The people would stand in their temples facing, uh, in, their, in their doorways and tents facing the temple. The temple is the place where God resided. So when the Lord comes, it is his doing that he drives them out because they made it a place of merchandise. Any and everything goes. And Jesus drove them out, and then he began to teach the people. He still healing. He's still working. He's still doing his work. And I can imagine that during this time, Jesus is focused. His eyes set like flint as he goes to the cross, as he prepares. He narrows in and says, I've got a short time to go. And he becomes more determined. I know some people, we think about it. There's nothing wrong with vacations. But when we think something bad is about to happen, boy, I'm going to take this. I'm, I've been wanting to travel for five years. And they take a five-year trip and try to cram it into three or four days. 
They're going to do everything they couldn't. But you know, that's not what Jesus did. He said, this is my goal. You see, when crises happen, it really shows what's on the inside of you. When problems arise, it shows you what's really taking place. Jesus is determined to accomplish the goal. He puts out of the temple, as I get ready to close, he puts out of the temple those who shouldn't be there. He begins to teach. He begins to do the very thing that is bringing him to the end of his mission here on earth. Don't be detracted and distracted from your goal. Some people have not even started pursuing the goal that God set. You have not been given power to quit. You have been given power to accomplish the task. Do you not know that you don't need power to quit? When you ask for God's help, it is always a request to persevere. Did you not know that? It doesn't take power to quit, but if you want to make progress, that's where your prayer comes in. So when you are praying, what are you praying for? Are you praying to finish the task and the goal that God has called you to? Are you saying, Lord, give me power to quit? No, you don't need that. <laughs> yeah, we got quitting power already. But if you're going to persevere and go through, you have to have the strength and the help of the Lord. Today there will be a lot of people. One day. You know what? Let me say this as we close. There are many people who think they have the truth, but they don't. Do you not know that you are a blessed people today because you do have truth? There are people today that think that you should not hold anybody responsible to living a life that's right. When you challenge people, they think you're wrong. But look at Jesus' ministry. He was always kind to those who were searching and seeking him, yet firm. And yet when those who came against him didn't want to hear, he was hard. He was very hard, but always right. We are not to accept just everything. We are to accept the goal that God has given us to accomplish. What's your goal? What's your mission? I want you to bow your head. If you are in the category of, I'm going to get started one day, I'm going to get started one day, I want you to count how many years you've been saying that. If you say, I'm going to get started soon, how many of you have been saying that and yet never put a date to it? Jesus had a goal and he accomplished it. I want you to pray for God to help you accomplish the goal that he has set for you. And guess what? He'll do it, but it comes also with a price. A price. It's not going to be easy. But the Lord says, I'll be with you. We pray today as we leave this place that we will remember that we have been commissioned to carry on the work that God, that Lord, you started. That we are to go out and make disciples. That we are to teach all nations about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're praying that we won't quit before we reach the goal 
that we don't get tired in our bodies and allow that to be the determining factor if, if we go on or not. It is our prayer that we will have staying power by the Almighty to be firm, to be rooted, and also that we will go in the power that you've already given us. May we not be excuse makers, but may we be disciples as you've called us to be. Witnessing and sharing the good news of the Lord, strengthening the body of Christ, letting people know, yes, you can make it because God said you could. God has given you the strength to be overcomers. But it's in and through his word, not by our own and being obedient. We pray today that you would help us to know that you are the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And that you indeed have saved us. Now may we go out and preach the word of God to people so that they may be saved. In this place, those that don't know you, God bring conviction. It's not about what we think we know is about what the word of God says. May we look into the scriptures. May we look to the word. May we study to show ourselves approved. May we live out what you've called us to live out. We love you. We thank you. We honor you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.